Welcome back, everybody. This week's show, we are going over our favorite season-long pass catcher props, as well as who we think is going to lead the yard, lead the league in the most receiving yards and most receiving touchdowns. Uh, similarly to our last show, which we did this for the quarterbacks, we're going to do this for wide receivers, running backs, and tight ends. Uh, mostly wide receivers and tight ends this one because we'll have a, a running backs show next week specific to them. But we got a lot of exciting stuff on the board. If you're watching, please make sure to comment your favorite player prop and what book you're getting that at. We love we love all of the props. We love anything we can get. You know, there's so many different plot props on players um, on different books, so can't cover them all. But uh, please drop that in the comments below. Make sure you like and subscribe as well. But before we do this, Brendan, how we doing? Hey, buddy, I'm good. Harrison, I am extremely excited to talk about some professional ball catchers that happen <laughs> to be really good at receiving as well. So nothing nothing like it. some ball catchers <laughs> and tight ends and all, all the, the tight good ends. Stuff. All right. All right, dude. Um, let's hear it first. I know you have one on the board that we both shared that we both really like, and you actually found a better line. Let me hear about it. Yeah, that never happens. I never do that. <laughs> My first one on here, let me pull it up, is Sir George Pickens, over 750 receiving yards. And the reason I like this is because – the Steelers will be better this year offensively. There's basically no competition behind him and Deontay Johnson. Yeah. But the reason that I like George Pickens here is because he actually cleared that 750 mark last year by 61 yards. He was kind of – he kind of disappeared halfway through the season. It really wasn't a great season for him, but he caught 52 balls for 800 yards. So he was really good at – catching some balls last year in year two. I'm not calling it a breakout, but I think he'll be a, a really viable receiver Dude, in an offense it. that is ascending. I love it. And one of the major reasons why I love this one too is you probably are uh, on cue with this as well. But I think I'm going to believe more so in Kenny Pickett's rise this year. I think Kenny Pickett's going to take a leap to kind of like the next tier of quarterbacks. I think he showed some promise down the stretch last year where it's enough to elevate George Pickens' play, especially if George Pickens is really going to be the number one or two guy on the perimeter. And so the the talent that George Pickens is, as long as he keeps himself in check behaviorally, you know, with Mike Tomlin under his offense, under his guidance, and Kenny Pickett, if assuming he's going to take a next step, even if he plays the same as he did last year, he can still get George Pickens over 750. He did it last year. But I think he's going to take another step, and I think George Pickens actually has a great opportunity to be a thousand-yard receiver this year. And I think that line seven fifty doesn't really do him justice. You know, the only thing that's going to be in his way is if he gets injured. So, uh, love where your head's at with that. I love the the line that you found. I, I can't say enough about what I feel the Steelers' offense is going to do next year. I don't think they're going to be elite, but I think they're going to take that next step. His floor is seventy five catches i would say yeah i mean i, th I think that At that mark we, he could definitely hit it and what's crazy is you know we've heard mike tomlin throughout the course of his rookie season in this offseason high praise for george pickens and so when mike tomlin has high praise for somebody 
it normally seems to stick. He's kind of like the, the wide receiver guru. We've seen so many good wide receivers come through this offense. And and so uh, that, that leaves me another reason to be optimistic for George Pickens is Mike Tomlin, one of the greatest coaches in the NFL, is high on this guy. I think the, the offense is going to take the next step, and I think they're going to make an, a concerted effort to pepper George Pickens with targets. I think I absolutely agree. I think 75 is his floor. It's a good one. Next one, I'm going to start it off simple and start it off with a tight end that I really like. I found this prop 650 reception yards for Dallas Goddard on DraftKings. I'm taking the over. I love Dallas Goddard this year. I think that he is going to do really well for himself. I don't think he's going to be uh, like a Travis Kelsey or um, George Kittle or Mark Andrews type caliber tight end, but I think 650 isn't really enough for an Eagles team that will probably be airing it out more so than they were running. So the reason I say that too is the Eagles last year, they played a really, really easy defensive schedule. Not not discrediting them. They were a top two NFL team in the league. You know, they made it to the Super Bowl and they absolutely deserve to be there. But the Eagles faced one of the toughest projected strength of schedules in terms of defense. And now I know that's like, hey, that's kind of counterintuitive to your pick taking it over. But I think Dallas Goddard has found his role in this offense. I think this, you know, I think Sirianni really likes Dallas Goddard. I think Jalen Hurts is becoming more acclimated to Dallas Goddard. And I think with a tougher schedule, maybe playing down more games, you know, obviously they're going to throw to A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith on the perimeter. But. Dallas Goddard is going to be that guy who's over the middle, who's a mismatch against the linebackers. I think 650 yards is easily in the realm of possibility and an offense who's likely going to have to turn the passing game up a little bit more to try and beat the more difficult opponents. How do you feel about that? Yeah, they – last year all of their games consisted of them airing it out in the first half, getting up 28-0, to and then running the rest (laughs) of the game. Exactly. And – Dallas Goddard is going to be on the field in important situations and they will be in a lot closer games this year mm-hmm. and they will have to throw the ball more. I agree with that statement. So they, do you know what his receiving yards was last year? Uh, not off the top of my head. I know it was over when I was doing my reviews. Um, I think he actually had an injury uh, at some point in the year that kind of hindered him. Um, but Nothing we can't pull up real quick, right? Yeah, but no, they've he's built a good rapport with Jalen Hurts, and the team's still really good. They will have a really efficient passing game, and he's their guy over the middle. So I agree with you on that one. Let's see, good old fashioned career stats. He had 702 yards last year, yeah. 69 targets, 55 receptions. He averaged 12.8 yards per reception with three touchdowns. I think his uh, touchdown is going to regress to the mean a little bit, but I wasn't comfortable enough taking his from what I saw. But he did clear 650. He's um, had 702. And then in 2021, he had 830. So Yeah, that's something that I feel like is more accurate for this coming year. Mm-hmm. Just based on the teams that they'll be playing, it won't be so easy. They won't be running all the time. I agree. Well, I like that one. Glad we agree. Now, here's one we might not agree on, and I I haven't really brought myself to being fully confident in this one, but I think this was more of a statistical and um, 
a probable probability pick for me. And it was Christian Watson, five and a half reception touchdowns. I'm taking the over, and you can find that line on Caesars. And I had to reason with myself here. I went back and forth. I think, you know, I'm going to point out the elephant in the room with the fact that he did no longer has um, Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball. He has Jordan Love. Okay, got it. I know that's a downgrade, but Christian Watson is still going to be one of the top two receiving targets on this team. So that's a plus there. and. Christian Watson has the explosive ability where he could pop off for three touchdowns in a game. And so with that, and we, we saw the, the eight game stretch he had last season, you know, I get it. I get it. I hear you. That was with Aaron Rodgers, but still you can't ignore the fact that the eight game stretch that he had last year uh, in terms of touchdowns, you know, that can't be ignored when I, when I make these picks. And so I think his explosive ability to be a really unguardable vertical threat at times uh, put, elevates him in terms of, you know, catching the long touchdowns, going off for three touchdowns in a game. All he has to do that is like twice. So uh, five and a half reception touchdowns, taking the over for a receiver who really will be one of the main targets in that receiving offense. I like taking the over here. I know Jordan Love's going to be the one throwing the ball, but they have a really easy defensive schedule, arguably the easiest defensive strength of schedule in terms of defense's face. So Christian Watson taking that five and a half reception touchdowns, taking the over. I'm doing it. That's on Caesars minus 115. I'm not confident in that. And the only reason is just because of the small sample size and the fact that he had seven touchdowns last year. And I think he had one game with three and one game with two. And what did he play? Eight games last year. Was that right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I think that the Packers are – I think Jordan Love's going to be fine. I think that there will be a – I don't think their offense is going to regress tremendously. I mean, I, I think it's going to be fine. But the only reason I don't like it is because unless he's catching – I mean, he's a big guy. Like He could be a red zone threat, no doubt. But that isn't – we don't know that. We don't know if Jordan Love's going to target him down there like Rodgers targeted Devontae Adams. But I yeah. just think that they're going to near in the red zone. I think they're just going to be a ground and pound team. They still got a great offensive line. Those two running backs in the backfield and Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. And so I think that unless he's catching long balls for touchdowns, I don't think he gets there. Because yeah. you look at five and a half and you think five, right? But no, it's it's six. It's so six. I just, I mean, I'm just Place. not confident in it. It could happen. I don't know. But so that that makes me. Let's do a side question real quick. If yeah. you're if you're drafting in fantasy, or you had to pick some some guys like player props over another, are you taking Romeo Dobbs or are you taking Christian Watson? Like, just compare those two. Yeah, apples to apples. Who do you think? Why, who do you think will play more time or get more targets over one of another? I think Watson will. I mean. How's his, how's, I know Dobbs' route running isn't amazing. And I, I, how's his route running? Because I feel like Love's going to force a lot of passes. But I don't think either one of them are excellent pass. I mean, excellent route well, runners. Well, both of them, both of them struggle with the, the hands problem. They yeah. So well, some critical drops out of both of them last year. And so can that could be a problem? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean they, over a full, over, over a full season, I would pick Watson, but it's only because of what he proved to do in eight games last year. I still think Rob is really good. I I have I'm in that same 
positional stance too. I don't think Dobbs is that good. I think Christian Watson will play more over Dobbs or get more targets over Dobbs. The only, the I'm more worried about Jaden Reed than I am about Romeo Dobbs, the guy out of Michigan State. If so, he's going to play in the slot, they won't compete with each other being on the field. They'll be on the field right. at the same time. It, yeah. So I, but in terms of touchdowns, I'm more worried about that slot receiver, you know, yeah. slipping a few underneath and scoring one or two here during the, in the red zone. So, but it's a good question. I mean, that that's, that's one that, you know, a lot of people are trying to answer is what is this Packers receiving core going to look like? You know, who's going to be the, who's going to be the guy? And, I like my chances with Christian Watson due to the fact that we saw that he was the more explosive receiver. And if he can fix his hands issue, he can be a guy that pops off at any given moment. You know, his ceiling yeah. is really, really high. So that's more of a bet on bet on talent type of pick. And again, I said this earlier, you know, right before I gave the pick, but not like I, I took it took some convincing of myself, but it was I think too good of a value for me to say no to. The only reason that I'm a little more hard pressed on like touchdowns is because it's more long scheme because the majority of touchdown scores are obviously in the red zone. It just makes sense that way. And I just really feel like the Packers are going to run the ball in the red zone and try to punch it in that way. Just because of Jordan Love's unproven accuracy. That's the only reason I I say that. If it was four and a half. I mean, I like that better, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's maybe, a good yeah. point. Yeah, maybe maybe shop some more lines. You know, I shopped the major books, and five and a half was a good one that I could find. But you know, maybe it drops. Maybe you can get lucky. Now, get lucky. You do, you do have one on here that I think a lot of people will be triggered by. I agree. I think for the most part with you, we'll we'll hash it out here. But I see one in red. I see, I see, I see one in red here that not a lot of people are going to be on board with. Let's hear it. Yeah, so I've got this line initially when you look at it looks low, but I've got Debo Samuel under four and a half receiving touchdowns, and the reason I have that I just talked about it with the majority of the touchdowns scored within the twenty yard lines, and with the San Francisco Kyle Shanahan scheme, I mean I just don't. It, they can run the ball over everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Including Debo. Now Debo's going to score over four and a half total touchdowns, but I'd be willing to bet that the majority of the ones that he scores in the red zone are actual rushing touchdowns, whether it's out of the wildcat or a reverse or whatever. The only caveat to that is when they do the little touch pass, which they definitely yeah. are going to do. He's probably going to get at least, I don't know, eight of those little touch passes on like the, the two yard line. If it's eight, then I think he might could do that because that counts as a passing touchdown. But I'm, I was very unsure about this one, but I was looking at it and his he's only eclipsed that mark one time in his career. Out of the four seasons last year, he only had two receiving touchdowns. The year before that, six. Year before one. Year before that, three. So yeah, and I think I think something something needs to be said about this is that. When you first look at it, you're like, no way, no chance. Debo Samuel had one of the best wide receiver seasons, you know, of the decade just a few short years ago. But people don't realize in that moment, that offense did not have Christian McCaffrey. George Kittle was not healthy. Brandon Ayuk was in the doghouse. Elijah Mitchell was constantly hurt. 
So they had no running back, barely a feasible quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo, no established wide receiver one, and their star tight end was always hurt. So he had to play pretty much every skill position on that field at any given moment. So that was why he blew up for so much. And now in terms of, you know, pass catching out of the backfield, you have McCaffrey, best pass catching running back in, in the league. You have Elijah Mitchell, who's going to do a lot of the, the rushing. You have Ayuk, who's really kind of come to, come to, you know, stardom, not an elite wide receiver, but he's definitely good. Kittle, going to be fully healthy, going to be a red zone monster. So it's like, how do you spread the love? You know, with Debo could have Debo could have six touchdowns this year, and three of them can be passing, and three of them can be or three of them can be reception touchdowns, and three of them can be rushing. You know, and so that's why yeah. I think it's like it is way more feasible. And you know, at first I saw this line, I was like, Brendan, what are you doing, my guy? But I thought about it more and I looked into it more, and it makes sense. And also, you know, we say this all the time: taking the unders is a safer bet than taking the over. You can tear this ACL week too. Exactly. I win. I win. Exactly. <laughs> Probabilistically speaking, taking an under is more profitable than taking it over. Just to the the outcomes, there's more outcomes where the under happens than there are where the over happens. So mm-hmm. love it. You know, and I like what you said about all the mouths to feed. Russell Wilson would agree with me. Why would you throw the ball on the one yard line and not hand it to Marshawn Lynch? You know what I'm saying, yeah. Harrison? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the worst play call ever in the Super Bowl ever. I mean, it's the worst. But you've got McCaffrey, who isn't a big guy, but he's so damn good. That doesn't even matter. Um, mm-hmm. Just you, they could put Trey Lance in to run the, True. To it, run the speed option. You know, I like mean, why would you throw the ball like 15 yards in the air when you can rush it straight ahead of all of these weapons? I just, I just, I just really think that when they get down to the red zone, that that's what it's going to be. Debo will get one or two of those touch passes. He will. They'll have a lot of attempts that way. But unless he was to break off like sixty-yard TDs, I don't see him getting there. And that's something else about his season when he broke out. He only had seventy-seven catches for fourteen hundred yards. Like a lot of those were like long-ass touchdowns, yeah. and he only got six. He had eight rushing touchdowns. So that's what people forget is they think he had this amazing receiver season, which he he did, but a lot of that damage was done on the ground because he played every position, like you said. Yeah, that's a good point. And that was missing every single other star skilled player in that offense. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if they use Trey Lance this year, if they play Trey Lance, I fully expect him to go full-on Eagles and just oh, let yeah. him bulldoze oh, yeah. his way into the end zone. So. Good point. I didn't even think about the Trey Lance factor. I just kind of just thought of it Brock. right off the dome, right there. <laughs> <laughs> just you know, I assume Brock Purdy is, but you never know. They did use a top three first round pick, Trey Lance. All right, this this one is probably my favorite pick, um, and it's unusual because it isn't over. But I love this guy. I love this tight end. And I love the offense that he's going to be in. And I think his quarterback is going to erupt this year. Mark Andrews, 775 reception yards. Give me the over on FanDuel. Give me the over for Mark Andrews this year. I think I think a lot of people, a lot of books have scaled back his receiving yards prop because they brought in Odell, they drafted Zay Flowers, and they have Rashad Bateman back. Don't care. Do not care. I know there's a lot of mouths to feed, but I'll tell you this. Todd Monken, if there's one thing he knows how to do, it's use a tight end. 
and Mark Andrews is too good of a oh, yeah. tight end. <laughs> uh, anyways, gotcha there. If, there, if there's any tight end that can prove his dominance on the football field, it's Mark Andrews. And I know Lamar Jackson and him already have the rapport that uh, pass catcher and a quarterback needs. They already have that connection. And again, look look what Todd Monken made Brock Purdy. Best tight end in college football will be a first round pick. He's so good. And he's amazing. And that's all Todd Monken. Like, you know, obviously, uh, dudes, he is a good, great talent. You know, he, he deserves it one bit. But Todd Monken really designed that offense around him. And I think that's exactly what he's going to try and do with Mark Andrews. I think there's going to be a concerted effort to make Mark Andrews one of the focal points of this offense because and they've come out and said they will air the ball out more. They will be throwing the football more. Lamar Jackson will be scaling back the use of his legs. Do I believe it? Maybe. It depends on what the defense does. I don't think you can come out here and say for certainty they're going to do one thing or the other. But, you know, if the defense stacks the box, they're going to line them up in the in the secondary. And Mark, or Mark Andrews is the perfect mismatch. Dude's got amazing hands, great route running, and great size. And so I think – I think he's going to ball out this year. If he can stay healthy, dude will put up numbers. I cannot I, – I like, I love this prop so much. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. They, this prop's really low. I'd take it at – I'd probably take it at 850, honestly. But mm-hmm. something interesting that I was just looking at, um, was it because of the offense that they ran? He never really had a bunch of receptions except for that one year he had 107. Um, but if you he, he's going to catch at least 70 balls just because of how much they're going to be throwing. And when he does that, uh, this this line's ridiculous. Ridiculously yeah. low, if you ask me. Yeah, I, I He's mean, done it before, and he will continue to. He did it last season, the season before that. So, uh, Yeah, I mean, let's, you know, last year, 847 yards, 73 receptions. He played 15 of the 17 games. year before that, he played a full season. He had 1,300 yards. That's crazy for a tight end. So he that's near doubling this receiver prop. If he plays all the games, look what's in his range of outcomes. 1,300 yards, 107 receptions. That is in his range of outcomes. Double, nearly double what this prop is. If he stays healthy, if he even plays 15 of the 17 games, he's there. That's it. That's all it takes. I just think that he's going to catch 85 balls at the bare minimum. And if that's the case, I mean, I don't know what his ADOT is, but I mean – just do the math that way. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. They, I mean, I don't really think we need to talk much more about it. Yeah, I agree. I'm pretty okay. certain of it. Preaching to the choir here. So, Mark Andrews, FanDuel, 775 over receiving yards. Put it on the board. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Last individual player prop that I have is I have another under. I'm taking Cortland Sutton under 725 receiving yards. And that can be found on Caesars. And, <clears throat> I think this one really kind of stuck out to me because of a few different things. There's kind of a a conglomeration of things that go on that drove me to this. One is I think Jerry Judy is going to be the guy in this offense. I think it's going to be Jerry Judy or Tim Patrick. And so with that being said, with those guys, I think ultimately elevating themselves over Cortland Sutton as the top two wide receiver options in this offense Cortland Sutton 
is immediately the number three option, if not the number four option, depending on KJ Hamler and all that. But I think he doesn't really fit Sean Payton's style of uh, of offense. And they went out, the, the Denver Broncos and Sean Payton went out of their way to draft Marvin Mims. They traded up for Marvin Mims. So that's why I said Corlin Sutton is not only going to be the number three option, but he has a good chance to be the number four option in this Denver Broncos offense. Because if Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos made an extra effort to go get Marvin Mims when they have Jerry Judy, when they have Tim Patrick, and when they have Cortland Sutton, that really tells you something. At least that tells you where Sean Payton stands right now with his receiving core. He doesn't believe in somebody, and I think that is not – I don't think that is Jerry Judy. I think it's not Tim Patrick, and it has to be Cortland Sutton. The only thing I can think of that flips the flips the narrative is Cortland Sutton would kind of fit the the Mike Thomas role in Sean Payton's previous New Orleans offense, but I think that Sean Payton is a guy who really models his offense after the talent that he has, and he doesn't try and fit the talent that he has to his model of offense. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I just don't think that. I really don't think Sutton fits the M.O. of Peyton and the style of offense because I think he'll be more of a downfield guy. When you have Judy coming up underneath, I think Judy's going to be slant boy 2.0 in this offense. Truly, I mean, you know, he can line up wherever. Yeah. So they're going to be able to move him a lot around where he wants to go. And, man, he just came and ran routes with me up here, you know, last weekend. So he looked really good. And people will also be concerned about his, uh, his injury, but I think he's fully healthy from that. I think that he's the benefit of this offense. And I think even if Sutton is still like a starting receiver, like snaps wise, mm-hmm. I just don't think he gets there. I don't think he'll get enough of the volume. Yeah, I completely agree. I think, I think the, the fact that they traded up for a receiver in this year's draft and the high praise of Jerry Judy and the fact that there's been a lot of praise coming out of camp for Tim Patrick it's not looking good for Cortland Sutton. So give me the under, and especially with his health history, uh, it's very, very likely that he could get injured and not play for half the season. So I like 725. I like the under on Caesars. I'll take that all day. All right, let's move on. Let's move on to the fun part. League leaders. Brendan, I know you got a few right here at the top in red. Um, I only have one. It's specific to me. I may have to, uh, but I like where your head's at with these. Let me hear them. I do. You like my head? <laughs> well, I can't pull it up now, so I'll just go off what I had. But I, you know, this isn't really long odds, but I really think this is Jamar's year to lead the league in receiving. You know, he's came into the league and was already basically a top three receiver, top five receiver. So, I think this is finally the year. You know, the Bengals have been very good since he's been on the team. They've still got Burrow. He's still his favorite target. And I just think for the volume and the ability that he has, that he's going to get it at plus 600. Um, it's plus 700 now. It's plus 700, even better. Yeah. Well, then I would take that if I were you. I think that's a pretty smart bet to take, not the favorite. But I think he's the second, isn't he? Second, dude, yeah. Justin Jefferson's one, of course. He's got to be. Jay Jettis, what, baby. What's his odds at? 
Uh, he's anywhere between 500 to 650 on, on all the major books. Uh, I see 650 for DraftKings, and I see 500 on FanDuel. Okay. Well, for my second one, a more fun one, I just like the Lions, you know? I just like the Lions a lot. I've got Amon Ross St. Brown, Dark Horse, plus 3,500 to lead the league. And the only reason – now, Amon Ross really a good receiver. I'll, like, I'm not going to put his – Put him down on that, but TJ Hawkinson's gone, and I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there's about 170 targets go Amon Ra's way. He averaged really over, wouldn't. over nine targets a game last year. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So based off of that, if he just catches seven of those balls, he can 100% lead the league, and the, those odds are not right with that. For the ones <laughs> that are above him, they're just not right. I agree. I, I 100% agree. I think he's a target machine. If he can stay healthy, 35 to 1 doesn't really do him justice for the volume that Anman Ra absorbs on this Lions offense. And it's a good point, you know, not really thinking about the fact that there will be more targets um, to redistribute after the absence of TJ Hawkinson. They did sign or draft in Samuel Corda, but will he step in and have the immediate effect? that Hawkinson had in this offense? No. Uh, history will show that rookie tight ends really take some time to develop. And so, man, that's, he's that's got, a great find. He's Goff's favorite receiver, and they're still going to be in shootout mode all season. Absolutely. Absolutely. Why not Why not us? Why not why us? Not, why not St. Brown, maybe? I love it. All right. And, you know, Jamar Chase, I, I feel the same thing. You know, putting out some of these player props, it's like, Okay, if somebody came up to me off the street and was like, you, you know, gun to your head, who are you taking to lead the league in receiving yards? Of course, Jamar, Justin Jefferson, those guys are going to be probably at the top of my list. But what, what are we trying to do? We're trying to exploit the best odds and find something that can really come out to really, you know, good value. And so what can win us the most money and good value? What is what is a misalignment in terms of something that is probabilistically likely to happen versus what the odds, what the market is implying? And I think that's a perfect one. I think Amon Ron St. Brown should be more 20 to 1 to lead the league in receiving yards, considering that he averages almost 10 targets a game. And that equates to almost 170 if he plays all 17 games. So that's a perfect example of finding good value um, right there in the books. I got one that I really like too. I'm taking DK Metcalf to lead the league in touchdowns, reception touchdowns at 25 to 1. And if you watched the quarterback show, you saw that I was really high on Geno Smith. And I think this kind of correlates with that as well. I think a lot of people are disappointed with the way that DK Metcalf has really performed the past year, the past year and a half. I think the Seahawks. Take the next step. I think Geno elevates himself even more so than he did last year. I think this team is going to be really, really, really good offensively speaking. They're not going to be good defensively speaking. Uh, that could be a good thing in terms of uh, passing volume. They're always going to have to be throwing the ball at some sort of um, a pace. So uh, I, I really like the fact to – I think DK can really assert his dominance on the field again with – that extra year in this offense with Geno Smith, he can develop a connection with him. He's had an extra offseason with him, and I think they're going to take the next step, and I think DK is going to really prove his dominance this year. I love him in fantasy football. I love him in other props. 
the man leading the league in touchdowns is a big one for me at 25 to 1 because a guy who's a red zone volume like that, who also has the explosive ability to catch a 50 yard bomb at any given moment of the game, I'll take that all day. I'll take that all day. You know, I mean, I'll play the devil's advocate just because other people would. I don't necessarily agree with this take, but about all the other mouths to feed. Jackson Smith and Jigba, the second coming of Jesus Christ, is what people are saying. Um, I don't believe in him. So. I don't either. It's lock in DK's. Exactly. Until I see some sort of decline out of Tyler Lockett, uh, I think uh, JSN is going to take the back seat in this offense. He might have some big games here or there. But, you know, that's a good point. There are a lot of mouths to feed, but think about it. This is reception touchdowns. DK will be the vertical threat, and DK will also be the red zone threat. That's my my argument. That's my point of emphasis in this offense is I know that Tyler Lockett was really that guy with Russell Wilson who made the magic happen when the play broke, you know, when Russell Wilson had to scramble out of the pocket and then he had to loft up some absurd pass. That was really Tyler Lockett's wheelhouse, you know, get creative once the play is broken. But DK Metcalf in an offense that where Geno Smith, I feel like, is not going to be doing that as much. He's not, you know, he's going to be more of a pocket passer type of guy. DK is the vertical threat. DK is the red zone threat. This is going, and he's the mismatch in the red zone. So that's that's what stems this pick to lead the league in reception touchdowns. I think that is in his wheelhouse. I think he should be priced at more fifteen to one uh, or twelve to one ish, give or take. I should be a coach in the NFL or anywhere because if people want to see a fun fun brand of football, it's a fade every single time within the five yard line. <laughs> yeah, just I'd wait like... till uh, wait till we have kids and we're running our little league show. You're going to be Dang. calling that. Well, my kids won't be quarter. tall. My kids won't be tall. Yours probably won't either, so we'll have to find yeah. someone else. <laughs> we'll be running backs. We'll be little running backs or linebackers or something. All right, man. Hey, that, that brings us to the end of this. Um, that was the best, best picks we could find so far in terms of market odds. We appreciate you guys listening. We will be posting more as the season goes. Make sure you follow our Twitter. You can see it somewhere down here in the corner. Uh, we would love for you guys to follow us. We post all sort of graphics, picks, bets, stupid shit all the time, whatever. Um, but appreciate you guys watching. Make sure to, again, drop your favorite player props in the comments. We love seeing that kind of stuff uh, and learning from you guys as well. Um, we will be back here next week with running backs. You don't want to miss that show. See you guys next week. Bye.